you all. Thanks for coming tonight. Everybody on Zoom for joining in. That's the thing. It was a great thing that he did for me. I wonder if we can all stand. Oh, the Lord has brought me through all my sorrows. He didn't help me. He didn't turn me away. He stood right by
testimony of, of Brother Peta when, when going through his battle. This song was his anchor. And may they take this song as their anchor. Each one of us. And we claim that blood that Jesus shed on Calvary. Amen. Brother Doug, I'm going to ask you to open up in a word of prayer if that's possible. We're just going to sing this chorus in the verses through. I have
sicknesses, everything we would face, Lord, you bore it that day. Lord, no one else can claim that we have everything paid for us. Lord, that we just are remembering the needs this morning or this evening. As Brother Anthony has mentioned, Brother Milko, Brother Henry, remembering Sister Clara, others, Lord, that are not feeling well, battling diseases, battling sicknesses, battling circumstances, situations in their lives, Lord. Just ask that you would just be their portion again one more time. How many times we've seen you come on the scene for each of us, even in our own lives, my life, my wife's life, different ones here, how you've come on the scene for them. Remembering Brother Peter and different ones that have come through situations where it looked really really difficult to come out of but yet they're come out just victorious in the end Lord we're thankful for that Lord we know that we've got that promise and we lay claim to that every day Lord you are our absolute without you we would be nothing Lord we know many people that try to work it out themselves or try to do it through knowledge or through science or whatever, Lord. We heard about that this morning. That that uh, that's that will fail. Lord, we thank you for the message we heard this morning with Brother Tom and what he brought to us. Looking forward to what Brother Andes has on his heart tonight. What you've placed in his heart to bring to us. Lord, we just want to open up and receive from you what we would have coming our way, Lord. That you would just open up whatever we could receive from you lord just want to ask to just be a blessing to us tonight those on the internet those that are in the unseen audience lord we just ask you just be their portion tonight as well so we commit this now in our lord jesus christ amen just sing that chorus one more time you guys can have your seats i'm gonna ask brother josiah to come and sing his song this is singing i claim the blood just one more time i claim the blood jesus shed on
God bless you. Look away from this world Look away from strife Look away to Jesus He's the way, the truth, the life Look away from your problems Look away from your pain Look away to Jesus For a life serene and sane Look away like Peter From the wind and the your friend, your answer, he still loves, still heals, still saves. Lift your eyes a little higher, set your thoughts above. Look away to Jesus And your soul will rest in love As the deer panteth for the water So my soul longeth after thee You alone are my heart Desire and I long to worship. Look away from politics. Look away from the news. Look away to Jesus. He is truth too precious to lose. Look away from temptations and all the lies of the screen. Look away to Jesus. He's reality. Christine, look away like Stephen from the chaos and the rage. For the Lord is standing to receive you in this age. Lift your eyes a little higher. Set your thoughts above. 
look away to Jesus and your soul will rest in love look away he is waiting look away don't delay look away to Jesus and never look away look away to Jesus and never look away as Brother Ken comes at this time. Let's just sing When Jesus Comes, the Tempter's Power is Broken. One sat alone Beside the highway Begging His eyes were blind The light He could not see
wonderful? Hallelujah. All has changed since Jesus comes to stay within each of our lives. I want to greet you tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's good to be here with you. See all your smiling faces. And it's just good to be together. Hallelujah. And it's... uh, We enjoyed Brother Tom's message this morning. So in it all, we'll get through this thing, right? (laughs) Amen. So it's good to be gathered here at Mount Baker Bible Way Camp here in Washington and together with the Cloverdale believers uh, that are streaming and those in their homes and many other places streaming. And uh, also... I want to acknowledge the ones who responded yesterday and made the grounds improved. Amen. I, I know if you were here, you were thanked, but we, we acknowledge that. We see that and we know it's the, the hand of the Lord to help and do what you can for the kingdom. And you say, well, it was just dusting the pews. It was just cleaning the yard, doing this, that and the other. But there's a place for that. It's all, it all needs to be done. Amen. So we're thankful. Uh, you may be seated for a moment. I want to thank Pastor Brother Ed Viscal and Brother Tom Ray for the invitation to speak here. Um, bring the word of God, express God's word here among us this evening. And to fellowship. It's an honor to fellowship with God's sons and daughters. Isn't it wonderful? What God's done in your life, he's done for others. And what he's done for others, he can do for you. So we're happy to be joined one with the other in this fellowship. On a personal note, I want to thank my dear wife, Sister Joyce, that's with me uh, here and us tonight. And she has been a faithful companion throughout all my many years of ministry. We were married one month after we graduated from college. And then two months after that, I began pastoring our first church, of which there's been three following that, before I heard the message. And when I heard the message, that changed everything. We heard the message in 1969. We both believed it, and it's been wonderful. It's like being born all over again, spiritually. I was born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, but it was like being born again, again, and uh, settled everything. And we've been resting in this word by his Holy Spirit and his grace every day since. Hallelujah. The Lord's blessed us with three daughters and three sons who we have raised in the reverence and the admonition of the Lord. And of course, they were all married and then they had children. But it's important to be faithful to what God has called each of us to do. We have children. That's wonderful. And Adam and Eve were told, you know, to multiply. And so we did. We only had six. None of our other, none of our children had six. But uh, we have to leave the rest of it to somebody else too, right? Lord's blessed us. Our oldest son, Dave, David, He works at uh, Voice of God Recordings, and he's worked for 35 years there at the facilities in Jeffersonville. He is the audio department's manager for Brother Branham's English and 
all of the foreign languages that's recorded. So that's a heavy task, and I appreciate him doing that for the Lord. And then our son Daniel, he is ministering, preaching this message full-time, assisting churches, other churches, in their spiritual growth. And our youngest son, John, whom you know well, that uh, he too is preaching this end time message. So it's just the grace of God. You know, when you have children, you don't know what they're going to become. But then you dedicate them to the Lord as we did, just at a young, just a few days, a few weeks old, and commit it to God. And then we do our part. I tell you, if you're going to have children, you have a full-time job raising them to serve the Lord, setting an example before them. But it's wonderful. It's I would say um, it's very important, but it's very rewarding as well. Doing what we're called to do as parents and not just putting them off with a babysitter. There's a quote I want to bring you uh, from Brother Branham in 1963, the evening messenger. He said, the evening time messenger... His job will be to get the saints ready, the bride ready for the rapture. That will be his message. And so he was faithful to his calling as well. And we're thankful that as all the messengers to all of the church ages and Brother Branham was faithful to their task and duty and anointing that they had on their lives. And then also another quote from God's only provided place of worship, 1965. He said, that same Holy Ghost that brought Luther, brought Wesley, brought the Pentecostals, winds up in the bride at the resurrection. Not only those that will be raised, but it rises at this time of the resurrection, filling us. The same Holy Ghost that was in each of those messengers. And led them to bring the portion of word that they did in their age. Now it's on us. And we all have a task. None of us are the messenger to the age. And not all of us are called to be pastors, evangelists, teachers, and so forth. But we're all called to a duty because we're in that body of Christ. It's the literal body of Jesus Christ. Now, keep that word literal in your minds tonight. It's the literal body of Jesus Christ here and around the world. We are doing our part. Christ, in his fullness, came on the day of Pentecost. And three times, Brother Branham says in, an, in, a, in one of his sermons, he says that the fullness of the Godhead is in the body universal. All that was in Christ was poured into the church. And we are that body of Christ. He has only one body on the earth. That's his spiritual body. And it's many members. But it's literal. If he has hands, he's doing it through this body. If he has feet, he's doing it through this body. You understand? If he's going to say something kind, it's going to be through this body. It is his literal Body, His physical body, his corporal body will not be on this earth until he touches down on for the millennium. But we will go to be with him before that at a great supper, won't we?
Let's stand together, if you will, please. We're thankful for God's Word, the Bible, that we love so much. Let's bow our heads in prayer, if you will. Our Heavenly Father, we are indeed thankful for the wonderful, wonderful work of grace that you've done in each of our lives. You have not shrunk from your duties, and you have kept every promise that you have made. I pray, Lord, that you will increase our faith to trust you more. You are wanting to do all to each one of us that you have said. And keep your word on every verse and promise. So, Lord, I pray that you would take away any unbelief in any of our hearts, Lord. Take it far, far away and cleanse our souls, cleanse our minds, and cleanse our bodies. That the Holy Ghost that was in you would have free course through each one of our lives. We thank you so much. In Jesus Christ's name, we ask that you will anoint the word tonight. We know your word, the Bible, is anointed. And to take what your prophet has said, which we know is anointed, because it is your message. And we pray that you will quicken that to our hearts, Lord, that we will escape the damnation of this world and come to be at our home with you just shortly. In Jesus Christ's name, we ask these blessings. Amen. Well, if you're standing, let's turn to our text tonight. There's three major texts. Two of them we will read now together. The first is in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Thank you, musicians. First Corinthians chapter 3, 16 and 17. And uh, I'll have you all read it with me together in unison. Know ye not that ye are the temples of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. And then our second verse is in Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 14. And let's read that together in unison as well. For the grace of God that bringeth the salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Amen. 
You may be seated. My mouth is kind of dry. I've got a lozenger in my mouth. Just so long it's not a button, right? (laughs) Our subject title tonight is God's Bride and Holy Word. God's Bride and Holy Word. Jesus Christ, as I alluded to just before we prayed is the same yesterday, today, and forever, in that you are his literal body. So he's on the earth, but he's the same. Everything that he did while he was on the earth, he will keep his word and he'll do the same thing. He won't act different. He's the same in every detail except his corporal body. And so... You've been born again. This he is doing today. As he has since Peter spoke it on the day of Pentecost. And Jesus in John chapter 3 made reference to the new birth. Born again and then filled with this Holy Spirit. And refilled daily. Now being filled with the Holy Spirit. Is excuse me. When being filled with the Holy Spirit, it is when you have thoroughly repented. I heard Brother Branham give an illustration way back years ago. And when I first did that book and first heard that, he said there was a man that came to me and his son was lusting after women. And he didn't know what to do about it. What'll I do? And his first words to that man, as he spoke it in in remembrance, he said, I don't know. Isn't that strange? What can I do to help my son with this yielding or being tempted this way? I don't know. But his second sentence was, the only thing I know is to get him filled with the Holy Ghost as soon as possible. Then my mind went, as a minister, my mind went, how do I get people filled with the Holy Ghost? How do you get your children filled? Realistic, wouldn't it? How do you do it? And from many things that Brother Branham said, the only thing that I could realize that a parent can do to get his children filled with the Holy Ghost was to create an atmosphere. Create an atmosphere for them. And also to have them under the Word of God, the message of this hour, to where... They would hear the full word of God from pastors and ministers 
that were filled with the Holy Ghost and was preaching this end time message as spoken by Jesus Christ through his prophet. So you need to understand that this is not Brother Branham's message. You might say, well, it's my message. I believe it. But it's God's message. If you're born again and following the word of God, then you have to understand it came from God. It wasn't just Noah's idea. It was God's idea. And just how to survive the flood was God's idea. Yes, you had to get in his ark. So many things could be said along that line. But receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost is so important. No one will go in the rapture that has not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And a refilling every day, quote, every day, every day, every day, every day. So then what is, how do you get filled? Are you half full? No. You're either filled or you're not. When you realize that the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that spirit is God the Father himself. Whatever the God our Father is, was all in Christ. And Jesus yielded to that spirit. That was simple. He yielded to God that was in him. He was filled. Jesus Christ was filled with God. Then on the day of Pentecost, all that was in the Father was poured into Christ. And all that was in Christ, as we know, was poured into the church. And poured into you. Well, how do you get that? As I've spoke on just a short bit already. How you receive, you get in an atmosphere. And so, we'll say a pastor of a church or a husband, father of his home, head of his home, will create an atmosphere. And it goes a long way to have a godly, Holy Ghost-filled mother. Because she's going to be with him more than daddy. Most of their growing up life. So we must be filled with the Holy Ghost. And no one goes in the rapture without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. No one. If you know the message and you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You're not going in the bride. But Jesus told this illustration. He said there was this man had a great feast. And people came to the feast and they came in and. But they found a, you know, break and enter in some way. There was another one that was coming to that feast, Jesus said. And he came in a a window. A back window. He got in, you know, I'm part of the party too. Well, then it was said to him, how did you get in here? Oh, I came through the window. Then Jesus quickly applies it and says, that person will be cast into outer darkness. Because he said the robes that you got in his illustration, Brother Branham said those were robes. It was the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You must have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, robed in the Holy Ghost, in order to go in the rapture. 
You see, none of these problems that we're going through and you spiritually struggling with them, none of them are going to get settled after the rapture. None are going to get settled in heaven. Anything you're contending with now, you've got to deal with it now. Because there's no second chance. No other place to settle this. Paul put it this way. He says, it's appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment. So you got to get it settled now. Not next week. Not the month after. You're not assured of another breath. Neither am I. So then on the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you think of it more as a person rather than an anointing or feeling or exuberance or anything, it's Jesus Christ in spirit form. The very same Jesus Christ that had ears and eyes and hands and feet, he wants, had that spirit, God wants to be in you. That's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He is dwelling in you, sister, and in you, brother. He walks in you. He moves your hands. He makes decisions according to his word, if you yield to him. And that's the baptism of the Holy Ghost, where you are totally surrendered, and he comes in. (coughs) Go to, why isn't a person filled? None of this is in my notes. I didn't intend to say any of this, but the Lord must want it said. How do you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Well, you can have hands laid upon you. You can hear the word and believe it, and you can be filled. Those are two from the book of Acts, experiences. You can be baptized in water, but that doesn't give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Brother Branham said that most people, they get baptized, they go down a wet, they go down a dry center, and they come up a wet center. Mm. You have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You have to. I've been to services, I've preached a lot of states and places, and I have a Uh, At the end of the service, you know, an opportunity to give your life to the Lord, receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, be healed. We're going to pray for you and so forth. But I've went to some churches in years following that, and the same people that raised their hands in an earlier meeting were now slipping up their hand. I want to get the baptism. Oh, I, I want the baptism. They weren't filled. You don't get a little bit. You can be anointed and not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can go to a church service and feel an anointing and, ooh, maybe goosebumps or something. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Oh, yes. But that doesn't mean you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You want to be filled. And so in studying the Word of God over the years, I looked further into what I heard Brother Branham say to that man. How, and I question, how do I get them filled? The whole secret is repentance. 
Brother Branham said one place, he said, repentance is the message of every age. Repentance. Repentance means that you're going this way and God doesn't want you to go that way. He says, go this way. Oh, okay. Repentance. You make an about face. You go the other way. And the Holy Ghost wants his own way. For the Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ. It is the Father. It is God himself in flesh. His body. So you have them, like for children, you have them in an atmosphere. And that's why I'm so happy at at Cloverdale services. They'd all sit down front. Remember? It's been a memory over a year ago. (laughs) You have to think hard. But the young people all come around front. Why was that good? Because they had respects to the word for the ministry. And they would want to be sitting down front. And then they linger after the service. Why were they sticking around? You know, we got a restaurant to go to. We got a long ways to drive. Oh, on and on. No, they waited on the Lord. The best time to soak in what the preacher has said, bringing the word of God, is right after the service. And so we set the example, we'd linger too, just like you do. You linger with the children waiting on God. And here comes the word preached. Then comes the after service. They're waiting. They're letting it soak in. Then they go home. Well, they want an atmosphere of God in their homes. Because basically none of you or me has it. We don't have the authority over the church. There's others in authority, correct? So you just can't go into the church and do what you want to. There's an order to it. But your house needs to be a sanctuary for God. You need to have your home with the right things they see and the right things that they do. There needs to be love there and temperance. All of the fruits of the Spirit manifested. The children, that's the best thing that they can have. And so for mom and dad too. Not the mall, not your employment, but in your home where the presence of God is desired. And you set that atmosphere. And I'll say especially you fathers, you set the tone as priest of your home over the atmosphere in your home. And you'll find that what's continuing, what has been taking place at the church and the preaching of the word and the tapes that you hear or stream or you hear Brother Branham's original tapes, you'll find they'll have a respect and it'll begin to become part of them. They'll repent. Repentance. So repentance is just going the other way 100%. And when you get down to pray and something comes up before you, you're praying for this, that, or the other, but then something comes up right away. Oh, something you did wrong. God's faithful. And you'll find that, that he will bring that up usually first thing. It just comes up to your mind. Oh, 
Because your mind is really you. It's your human spirit. And the five characteristics of your spirit is all in your mind. And when you die, your mind goes with you like it did the the rich young ruler. He said, well, I got five brothers, you know, and I don't want them to come to this bad place. So he's praying. Now he's religious. So it comes to your mind, just repent of it. Just repent. And then if that that goes on for a year, then a second year goes by. You know what I'm talking about. He wants that taken care of. You repent. You get before him and repent. Now when there's a thorough repentance, and there's several quotes by Brother Branham that brings that out. It's a thorough repentance. Now a thorough repentance is everything. That's how you get Christ to come into your life. He wants his own way. Somebody's going to have to be boss over your life. You say, well, my husband does it, these bad things. And so I, no excuse, sister. You don't have to. Whatever husband's doing that's not right, you do not have to do it. You're a daughter of God. You take a stand, and in the sweetness of your heart, you don't give in to the things that's ungodly by the husband. You can do it. And it's not against the message. Say, well, I got to obey him. And he says, I like your hair better when it's cut, when it's short. I want you to cut your hair. Now, you're supposed to obey me. That's a lie from hell. That's Satan's lies. You do not need, sister, to obey those lies that are contrary to the word of God. And I'm trusting that your husband's aboard with the Holy Ghost to say, Amen. God bless you, honey. I'm glad that the Lord's been helping you in that. It's important to have the Holy Ghost, isn't it? How many think it's important? Just raise your hand. Really important. That's the main thing. In some churches, they don't even believe there is anything to do any different than just believe the message. Or a Baptist, oh, we believe the Bible. You know, we're far down the road now. We're far down the road where the fullness of the Godhead bodily is in the church universal, the body of Christ. Literally, he wants his own way. He wants to do what he wants to do. He wants to have good thoughts in our minds. And we want to oblige him, don't we? Amen. Now this Lord Jesus, you could touch him tonight. He's the same. He's the same tonight. I don't know of anything in the natural world that types God's spirit. Because you can have a person, the whole person of Jesus Christ, God, in you. Each of you, I see many of your faces without naming them. Just good to see you all again. And the Holy Spirit can live in you, a person, Christ. Not just an anointing or a knowledge about the message of the hour and a faith. Oh, God sent a prophet. We know that. But somehow it had to get so thorough in Noah's day that Everyone that got on that ark believed every word of Noah. And you only eight got on. Now, what about today? 
Many, everyone here would say you believe the message. We believe God's in a prophet, 100%. We believe what he said? Oh, yes. But by and by, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, whatever is in you won't want to stay with every word of God. And that's how you survive spiritually, is you eat every word of God. You have to live on that. That was started in the Old Testament, Moses' days. He said it, and then Jesus quoted it when he was speaking to Lucifer, tempting him. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Not just some of the truths, but all of the truth. See, Jesus didn't bring truths. He was the personification in person, the whole truth. There was no lie in him, and there was no truth outside of him. He was and is still the source of all truth. Hallelujah. Brother Branham gave an illustration that I want to uh, bring to you. This is in the letting off of the pressure. He was preaching in Aberdeen, North Carolina in June 9, 1962. Well, that's a special day. That was just seven days before I was married. Of course, every day is special, isn't it? Brother Brandon said I was speaking about here not long ago being in Africa watching a little lamb out somewhere where the neighbors had a little corral. So these natives had a little corral, had a little lamb in there. And so they let the little fella out and he was grazing and all at once he got real nervous. And I thought, what's the matter with that little guy? Oh, he's just... But as I watched, he couldn't see it, but in the distance there was a great big yellow mane lion wanting lunch. Slipping up through the grass. You know how they do. They get down close to the ground. Slipping through the grass. He had smelt the little lamb and was making his way to him. See, he was just nervous, that little lamb. Just nervous. He didn't know why. We've been through a bad year for nervousness. Sometimes we call it premonition. Now, the reason he was nervous, he didn't see the lion. He had have panicked if he'd have seen the lion. But he didn't see the lion. And neither do you see what's behind all the forces coming against your life. You just know you're nervous. Something's wrong. So, the reason he was nervous, he didn't, but just something, he knowed that death was lurking near. Death in this world is lurking very near every one of us. Not your physical death, but spiritual death. Brother Branham went on to say, the world seems to be in that same condition. Know that something is lingering near. Something is fixing to happen. It builds up a pressure, of course, to the sinner, he says. 
But to the Christian who is instructed in the word ought to know that that is the coming of the Lord. All the pressures. Jittery. Nervous. What's all this about? I don't understand it. I don't understand. None of us understand. But except for the word of the Lord says, it's the world. It's Satan out there. And all these things that are out of cater, it's not going to get better. We cannot prophesy good and it's all going to get better. There's no prophecy of that. The prophecy is that God will fill you with his spirit, sustain you in this moment, and has promised to remove you from planet earth. The resurrection and you rapturing with them in a glorified body to go to meet to the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And we will have bodies like unto his for that 40 days that he was on the earth after the resurrection. But the Christian who is instructed in the word ought to know that that's the coming of the Lord. It ought to build up a glorious jubilee. That's what should have been building in my heart and your heart for a year now. A glorious jubilee in the Christian knowing that the end is nigh. Now we have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Brother... um, The scripture says that God is not willing that any would perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I've already said how you get to repentance. You hear God's word, you, you, you don't do any more, any direction that you've been going. You make an about face, I'm going God's way. Yeah, but I, I work over there and they said I had to do that. They said... To the guys that was working there, they said, if they didn't get a tattoo that was as immoral as some of the other guys had, that I could just get another job somewhere. You know what a believer would do? They'd just get a job somewhere else. Someone said not long ago to me, he said, Brother Branham, you scare the people when you talk about he might come in the next hour. I said, scare what people? (laughs) Not his people. (laughs) See, that's the greatest note that we can sound. That's what we're looking for. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Why? That's what we live for. That's the hour that we're all living for. I know nothing could be greater than that hour. It's never happened before. Are you a believer? It's going to happen. And if you've made the about face in a thorough, thorough repentance, then you're going in that number. Hallelujah. Just like the magnet, gone. We could sing that song, couldn't we? Gone, gone, yes. Brother Ram said, sometime I'm in and out different places preaching, but somewhere I must have made this remark, might have been. And when a storm is coming up over a parched land and we can feel that cool breeze. Now you've all experienced that. No rain, 
But they announce there's a storm coming. And you just feel that little cool breeze. Pleasant. We know that rain is fixing to come. It ought to make us happy to breathe. Because that air has come through the rain. And it's just the fore announcement of the coming rain. And when Christians see the thing today happening, that's happening, it's the fore announcing of the coming of the Lord. We can feel the breeze off of it. It's so close. What a refreshing feeling to those that are not scared of a storm to have an abiding place. Brother Branham in another message says the whole creation was lost going back to the fall of Adam. Everything was gone. This is 1963, December 22. Everything was gone. It all belonged to Satan. He fell heir to it, and he still owns it. He's talking about the earth systems. He certainly does. That's the reason we're fighting and having all this trouble. He controls every kingdom. Satan does. Every government, every king, every kingdom controlled by Satan. The whole world is controlled and run by Satan. You know who Satan is. That's Lucifer. That's the man, angel, that God placed over all the angels he created. Lucifer was the head one. So a minister of the message today, he goes off. He says, there's nothing to it. I don't believe it anymore. Oh, it's that. Well, Lucifer did the same thing. That's no big deal. Only the, remember, two-thirds of the angels, at least 200 billion, if we were to talk privately about that and things. Because more than one demon can live in a person. You just do some math on it for how many people have demons in the world. A world with 7 billion people. Well, anyway, that wouldn't matter what the number is, would it? Two-thirds of the angels stayed with Jesus Christ, the one according to Colossians, that created all things in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible. Jesus Christ created them for him, for his purpose. Jesus Christ in that theophany, that light that came out, Logos, from God. And he created all the angels. That was his first thing. And he put Lucifer in charge of all the holy angels. And there was a message. The message was, this is God. He created you. And this is what we do in heaven. Whatever that was, we don't know. But they had, they had activities. And Lucifer, he started telling different lies and this and that and the other, which we could surmise and go off on, but we won't. And pretty soon, one by one, and another, and another, these were holy angels. Brother Branham said, for aeons and aeons of time, millions and millions of years, they were before the throne of God, worshiping, hallelujah, hallelujah, holy, 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 holy. Oh, going on and on, praise God, hallelujah. And he says, you mean to tell me they don't know something about worship? And they come right down and get into men. Oh, demons. And you know what? In many of the churches, 
the lyrics of the songs. What are they saying? Holy, holy, holy. Praise God. Go to a Pentecostal church. Praise God. Hallelujah. Run the aisle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They're not worshiping God. According to their unbelief in the word of God, they're showing who they're worshiping, which is Lucifer. That deceived way back in the beginning a third of the angels. And now it's down and we are about after 6,000 years to wind it up with Satan deceiving the whole world. All whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. Satan will do that. He did it in Noah's day and they all died. Brother Branham says that when they got into the ark, and much could be said there, They got into the ark. God shut the door. Seven days later, it started to rain. Every human being had more people on the earth in Noah's day than than today. So about seven billion people and eight people got in the ark. Eight people. And the prophet put, Brother Branham, put it this way. They all died and their bodies floated on the water and their souls went to hell. Everyone except the eight, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the day of the coming of the Lord. Satan, his kingdoms on the earth, deceiving the people by every means possible. A believer today needs to go further than saying, I believe God sent a prophet. Yes, I believe what he said. Yes, I go to a message church. In our lifetime, just locally here, we've seen dozens of people that went to a message church. But when the showdown came. Now they don't even believe. That Brother Branham is a true prophet from God. Oh he's out there. What are they a sign of? A sign of the end time. Even as it was in Noah's time. They didn't believe. There's going to be very very few. You want to make sure that you're among that few. Come to an understanding from the word of God how to be one of those few. How to receive the Holy Ghost. It's very simple. You die out to self. So we are expecting the resurrection and rapture at any moment. And the world's jittery. They don't know. And if we were to tell them, as every gospel message preacher does, they don't really believe it. It's so far out. Well, we're going a far away place, you know. Of course it's far out. To their minds, it's very far, very, very wrong. All the time, God's way is always way, way out. 
It's not right down where the people are and living and, and disbelieving and garbage. The falling apart of this present world. And you've heard Brother Branham preach on the falling apart of the world. The world is falling apart. Several messages. And the falling apart of the present world is building up. From what he said in this quote. The falling apart of the world is building up to a glorious jubilee. Within the bride of Christ. Knowing that the end is nigh. The end's coming. It's going to come sometime. That plane that you've been waiting in the airport and it got delayed, 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 and you want to get on it. It's delayed, it's delayed, but it's going to leave. And only if you have the ticket will you get on that plane. Don't try to crowd it when they say flight number, do, 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 do. You won't be able to get on that plane. You got to do all that arrangement early. Like a quick repentance. Things are bad in America as far as sin. And Brother Branham said the only thing that would help America would be a quick repentance. None of it is repenting. It's fast. It's in the fast track, all right. And it's going very fast into hell. Brother Branham said one place, he says, man fights their way to hell. God puts up a barricade and they knock it down. Just their own ideas. Well, Brother Branham said this. Well, I know I used to believe it that way, but I don't know of any prophet today that could correct Brother, the message that Brother Branham delivered. I know there's a gift of prophecy. And there's an, is there a preacher that can correct Brother Branham, say he was wrong there? What, what, what's his backing? What's his credits for saying that? I know what it is. He's anointed with Satan. That's his credits for disagreeing with God's word. It's very narrow. Few there will be that will find it. Did we sing one of the few? One of the few? That's a good song. Isn't it? I'm one of the few. Well, it's a glorious jubilee. Right now, all of us sitting here, and of course, you didn't know that quote before. While this is all going on in the shutdown and all these things, around the whole world, you say, well, this nation, that nation, this state, and that state, and, and like that. It's under the bondage of Satan worldwide. All the time, for over a year now, it should have been building up in us to a jubilant, glorious jubilee. The coming of the Lord is near. It's at hand. How do we know that? Well, you get a little nervous and all this going on. And yeah, I knew we could do it this way. Or uh, being under pressure. Brother Branham preached a couple sermons on that. The pressure that people are under. And he describes about in the hospital and different things. You've heard those. There's going to be very few that are willing 
willing. That's the only thing your soul is there for. Either there's nothing in your soul, and you're just going on just like a stone there. Oh, I don't feel anything. Or God's placed in your soul a seed capable of hearing here, going into your mind, going down to your soul, and your soul says, I believe that. That's true. I believe it. And we have testimony after testimony of people that have heard the word of God in this end time and they believe it. Now we've passed this year, year or more of epidemic situation and it's just more confounded and worldwide the jitteriness. And nothing's getting better. No government is getting better and closer to the truth or to repentance or revival. It's not going to happen. The word, the revi- any revival they're looking for ain't coming. And the, vi- the, re- the only revival that was promised was by William Branham said that the bride has not had her revival yet. And that was back during the seals, three years before he died. But we're in it now. It's the word of God that the seals opened, revealed Christ to us. He is the word of God. Is those seals open? One place Brother Branham says, according to that verse in chapter 10 of Revelation, he said, the lamb went over, the lamb went over, and he took the Bible out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Yes, it was a deed, it was a title deed, but it's right here, the word of God, through all the centuries, we believe All of the prophets that's in this book that's been proven and have stood and stand. It's wonderful. That's what we believe. We believe the seven messengers that God sent because God gave to them a portion of himself. Christ unveiled and unfolded a portion of himself in each church age. Now we're down to this one. And it's all been open to us. It was the final unfolding. Can you? It's hard to even believe that God took his prophet over 50 years ago. Looking at 50 years. And you're trying to witness to somebody, whoever it is, and, and, they're, and you mentioned 1960. That is so ancient. Uh, what about 1965? Oh, that was 30 years before I was even born. Now they're changing all the rules about the history. But I'd have to go back in history to find out what was going on then. Google or otherwise. So when you're witnessing to someone, it, they've got to be elected by God. You just look at 50 years gone by and whatever age they are, if they're in their, if they're in their twenties, then that means they were born in the nineties, maybe. 1990, 1995. And if they're 40 or 50, you see, it goes back. It's either true or it's not true. 
And don't find, try to find an error in what the prophet has said. It's not there. If there was an error, and you think there's an error, then you can't leave the message for that one error and say, well, I believe everything Brother Bram said except this here and this here. You can't do that. What you would have to do is take the whole message and set the whole message aside. If he's wrong in that, he's wrong in everything. Who knows what else he's wrong in? Then you set your sights and you start looking out. If you believe that a prophet was to come in the end time, most don't. Then you start looking, now where would a prophet be? Where is there a prophet that is doing astounding things in the end time, fulfilling different prophesied scriptures that Brother Branham's ministry fulfilled? You understand? Most people leave the message, leave it because they think Brother Branham was wrong on one or two things. And then it isn't but a year later or more, they they say, well, he's just not even a prophet. They don't have anyone else to replace him. They don't have any true prophet to go to because there doesn't exist anyone like that. You know what? I put a battery in this. It's about eight years old. This first time I wore it. I probably preached long enough already. I'll just set it up here. And I'll have to quit pretty soon. Because I didn't look at it at the beginning. I want to read to you what Brother Bram said in the Church Age book. Page 340. When the Methodists failed, God raised up others and so it has gone on through the years. And before I read that, I want to go back and read a quote from the spoken word is the original seed. Paragraph 420 and 421. The word is in the bride. Now, I know you've heard that before. The word is in the bride and the mind of Christ to know what he wants done with the word. That's in the bride. And she does it in his name. She has, thus saith the Lord. Now you've heard that before. Then it is germatized. So the Holy Spirit waters it until it is grown and serves its purpose. They do only his will, the bride. Amen. I'll believe that, he said. No one can persuade them. Now, what I'm reading to you here now is what the Lord told him to write, and it was to the bride. This is the only time that I know of that God told him to write this down, and it was something to you. Paragraph uh, 421 then. They do only his will. Amen. Brother Ben says, I'll believe that. No one can persuade them different. They have, thus saith the Lord, or they keep still. Now, you've heard that many times. 
that the bride has, thus saith the Lord. But very few, very, very extremely few, have a gift to where the Lord would speak to them, would say in a dream or a vision or a prophecy, thus saith the Lord. So let me go on. They have thus saith the Lord or they keep still. So I wonder what that means. So do you have to have a dream? Do you have to have an anointing or something, you know, to get thus saith the Lord? Well, I guess I don't have thus saith the Lord. It's supposed to be to all the believers but on the bride, but how do I get that? Then they will do the works of God, for it is him, himself in them continuing his word to fulfill. As he did complete in his days all things when he was here, he did not complete all when he was here, for it was not time yet. So Jesus Christ lived out his life, and the fullness of God was in him bodily. And now it's bride time, starting with Peter and those on the day of Pentecost. Bride time, those that are coming in by the word. And they have the fullness of God in them. Remember that when you read it in the second chapter of Acts? They were all half. They were all what? Filled. Now we know what fill is. It's either filled or not. If you pass the plate to your wife and you say, or your glass says, fill that up, and she goes only halfway. Could you fill it, please? Now either you're full or you're not. <clears throat> Thus saith the Lord. So what's happening here, as you know, I'm moving ahead. Move down. Be a few more minutes and we'll be done. Thus saith the Lord. Or, this is what the Lord says. Brother Branham said, this is thus saith the Lord. This is what the Lord says. I think there was 40 authors of this. Holy men of God were moved upon and they wrote. And it's been preserved and brought down to us. This message is a holy message from Jesus Christ. Sent to his body, his bride. That is what he thinks. You've heard it said by Brother Branham that a word is a thought expressed. I want to reverse that. When you read the word, the message of the hour in print, when you read that, that is what God thinks about it. Well, I, I don't get convicted about doing such and such. But Brother Branham is speaking for God and says, say, don't do that. Well, don't bother me to do that. 
This message is thus saith the Lord. This is thus saith the Lord. It's either from God or it's not worth the dust that you're walking on. It is God's voice and his word in print. It's in print now. But it was given audibly through Brother Ram. A faithful servant of God. So you can just forget about taking this, snippets, this, 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 this. You want to go in the rapture. The things that we read in here. And God sends a prophet. And now what is a prophet? A prophet falls right into the phrase... Of being God to the people. That's a quote. Right into that phrase. It's either God's word or just another preacher. You know, if any preacher is same thing, saying something contrary to what this message by God through William Branham has said, I wouldn't listen to that preacher. I'll say it this way again. If a preacher is not listening to what the prophet William Branham said, he doesn't have anything to give to the bride. And if the bride is not listening to what the prophet is saying, they don't have anything to judge whether the preacher is saying the truth or not. Your soul is hanging over hell by a thread chain of every word of God. We've been told that over and over again by Jesus, by the Old Testament. Every word of God is what we live by. Every word. Well, I take these vitamins. I got this, 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 and this, but that's the one I'm not taking. You know, you go long enough like that, go see the doctor, they take your blood test, check you all out. They say, well, you need vitamin. That's the one I don't take. I'm out in the sun all the time. I work on the farm. I don't need vitamin D. Hmm. That's one you need. Doctor's orders. Now, which word of God are you going to go without if it's a chain and you're hanging over hell? Brother Branham said that. Our souls are hanging over hell, hell, hell by this chain of every word of God. You break one word. Well, that's not being strict. It's just saying you don't want to lose any of your links. <laughs> you want the full chain to hold you. In Romans 1.4, it's a verse we hadn't read earlier. The Lord Jesus Christ about him Uh, Paul said he declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. Capital S. Spirit of holiness. You know, we say, well, the Holy Spirit. Let's not get too uh, general with that. He is the spirit of holiness. Now, as soon as if he says he's the Holy Spirit, yeah, he's holy. But now if he's the spirit of holiness, hmm. What's going to make me holy? What's going to make you holy? 
It's the Holy Spirit. He's the only one. God himself is the only one that can live this message. He's the only one that he knows what it is. He spoke it through all the prophets, the prophecies. He's a loving Lord Jesus for us. And then this verse in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, which we read as our text. Know you not that you are the temple of God? Where is God? He's either in you or not. You are the temple of God. Where does God dwell? Well, way off somewhere. No. You're his temple. Now, we're all, you know, there's an old, some people rude, crude, and their mother dresses them funny, maybe. It's an old joke, like. And we're all different. We all have our, you know, synchronicities and different and dress different, look different, act different. And the older you get, the more you look different that way. But it's people just like you. That are filled with the Holy Spirit. And that are the bride of Jesus Christ. Know you not that you. This is Paul the prophet of God. Paul a prophet of God. That our hearts have been turned back to the apostolic apostles. And faith of the apostolic age. Paul was the messenger to that age. And he never once said. Thus saith the Lord. So it isn't that the bride is going to say, Thus saith the Lord. It's very rare. You don't find it in other books in the New Testament. Peter's saying, Thus saith the Lord. Sounds real formal and dignified. But to to make it simple... Here in 1 Corinthians 3.16, just remember John 3.16, this then that's before you get saved, but before you're born again, you remember, oh, John 3.16, yeah, I've got, he loved me and I need to be born again. Well, now we go over to 1 Corinthians 3.16. Know you not that you now are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you, the spirit of of God dwells in you. That is not a thought of your mind. That is not an emotion. He dwells in you. If he dwells in you. Next sentence of that verse. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. Paul clearly teaches here, That if you defile your body, God will destroy you. Doesn't matter what you think about the message, pro, con, indifferent, what church you go to, what minister told you, oh, it's okay. If you defile your physical body, the temple of God himself to reside and have the Holy Spirit, God will destroy you. We need to have more respects for our body. That's where God lives. I'll read on. For the temple defile the body of God. Him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple 
you are. Well, it doesn't get any clearer than that, him emphasizing it, speaking of this temple four times in a couple verses. You want to know where God is? He's in you. Now, in your head, in your spirit, you've heard the word, you remember it, you know, and you have memory and conscience and so forth. It's all up here. But as you remember Brother Bram saying so often, but it's got to drop down here to the heart, to the soul. Because the soul, only that seed of God in you, quickened and born again, is going to control your mind. All of those five characteristics is your mind. It's not your brain. Your brain goes to the grave like all your bones. But what's in that gray matter in that brain is your mind. That's you. And those that departed beyond the curtain of time and Brother Branham, they knew it. And the man in hell knew it, didn't he? Oh, so bad in here. If you can't give me a drop of water on my tongue, I'm perishing. If you can't give me a drop, then send Lazarus. Let him go back and witness missionary prayers from the rich man, the rich young ruler that tore down his barns and built bigger ones, bigger ones, bigger ones. Today thy soul is required of you. And he went to hell. There's no second chances. If you turn God down in this lifetime, you're not getting in. And a hundred years in this life is a very short, small price to pay to have eternity with him. And then our, for our last scriptures, well, I want to send some more there. So the temple of God that you have, God will destroy you, your physical body... If you defile it. I think I already mentioned tattoos. That is becoming such a hellish thing. You're, you're on your device. Go for the news or something. Go for something on the message. And it just pops in there. And you see some woman. Naked except for full body tattoos. Satan. Well, I, I, Brother Andy's, I, I just have a little one here. It's about as big as a baseball. It's just a little one. You know what Brother Brandon said about earrings? He said, you wearing earrings, he says, oh, and usually a woman now, so far. He said, and God gets, or Satan gets right in them and rides her. These are things of Satan. Decorating out and painting. Jezebel did that. Well, the fingernails. Oh, but if it's not red, red, red. And it's not black, black, black. It's, um, it's just to protect my, my nails. But you watch there. It just gets further and further and further. All kinds of colors. All kinds of lipstick. All kinds of fingernail and toenail polish. It's from Satan's. Well, 
Brother Branham said all these things. That's God's message. So when you hear that and you read it, reverse it. I'm reading this, but, oh, it must not apply to me. Because I've seen four other people in church, and, you know, they're doing it just bad. In fact, they're doing worse than I. They'll go to hell, too. The only thing that would resolve that would be a quick repentance. To turn from our sins, turn from our rebellion against God's word. This is a love affair between your head, Jesus Christ, and his body, you. It's a love affair. You're the bride and he's the bridegroom. He created the universe. Then he created angels. So whether it's men with these travesties or women, it comes to them the same. We just want to hear God's word. And we want to obey God's word. We love God's word. It's our food. It's our sustenance. We want to know what God thinks about everything. That's what the message is for. It's not a new set of rules. It's your husband, Jesus Christ, telling you, this is what I think about this. It's what I think about that and what I think about that. He's not writing a different book. He's not bringing a different message. He's not going to change his mind. You need to be fully resolved in that, friends. Fully resolved that this message that God has vindicated, vindicated the man, William Branham. So what he said we knew was from God. <clears throat> so whether it's men or women, you know, I, I could take an hour, just go down a list. We don't need to do that. But it needs to be said. It needs to be said that these things are of the world. They're not of God. I want to read here. And in a closing uh, scripture. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Be ye not unequally yoked with unbelievers. Be not ye unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Paul is not talking about marriage. It includes marriage. You know, you read that and you say, oh, yeah, that's husband or wife. Yeah. I'm going to read to you what he said about that. Don't be unequally yoked together. A yoke is you got, you have an ox here and an ox here and they have a yoke and they go like this. You get, you get two horses, one here and one here, and they go like this. But... If you try to get an ostrich in one and some other animal in the other, it's not going to make a team. So we're not talking about just marriage. We're talking about where you work. We're talking about what your employer wants you to do rather than what God wants you to do. You make a choice. You make a choice what school you're going to go to, usually. After you graduate from high school. Want to go to this school or that school? What are you going to do? But then let's just say 
you're already married, you have some kids, and you're going to a message church, and you're going along there, and now uh, you got a job, and where do you work? Now you have, what do they want to do at work? Oh, they got some free time, they're going to go some do this hunting, and that hunting, and this, and that. Oh, they got this league, and I could join that, and that. How close are you going to get to the friends of your employment? Now, I guess I could preach just to teenagers, but we all were teenagers, and or were raising teenagers, we're there. Yoked. Be careful who your friends are. If your best friend is not a believer of this message, you stop being best friends with that person. I'm not saying you can't have acquaintances and greet somebody, say, good morning, God bless you, and you talk to people. Oh, yeah, that's just gentleman or ladylike. We do that. Brother Branham did that. Brother Branham was telling about a fellow that had... Um, that had uh, had, a, had a business. And one of his employees was a man, had long hair. And Brother Branham knew about that right there. And he says, he said, he needs another trip to Calvary. Oh, wow, this is Brother so-and-so. He's esteemed in our church. We, we have different leagues with him. And he's on this committee and that committee. You don't understand, Brother Andy's. Well, may, maybe God doesn't understand either. But there's not going to be a new set of plans to getting in there to heaven. There's only one way. God has outlined it with his message, a holy message to all of us in this end time. And as time goes on, there'll be fewer and fewer and fewer. While all of us, including our church, is trying to convert Hundreds or thousands or facilitate their work and ministries in different countries in Africa and China and other places. And in all that we're doing, we'll never reach the masses. God knows we won't reach everyone. But the commission is still the same. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. That's still our commission. It's, we'll hear more about that on, on, uh, Sunday from, uh, Brother Tim. God doesn't have a backup plan. There's only one plan out of here. The world's getting worse. And worse. And worse. And we're having a jubilee. Because we're, we know that that worseness. I think Tom might have. Without using that quote. Tom this morning might have brushed on that because, you know, who says it's bad? Where the bad can turn out good for you. We know what's right. God just wants us to do it. And you can't do it in yourself. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. He knows that. No one can live the Christian life. Why? Because the majority of the world is Christian. Or I should say uh, the majority of the religious people. Roman Catholics, they're all Christians. It isn't the majority of Christians. God wants elite, elect ones. Where the Brother Branham says the celebrity of heaven. The celebrity of heaven are poor people. People that's been maimed and hurt this way. This prostitute that's totally left that life. 
this drunkard is totally delivered, filled with the Holy Ghost. Those are the celebrities of heaven. Oh, hallelujah. The grace of our God to save us and keep us. There's no second plan. There's no other way to get to heaven. You know, most, almost every, every person I've talked to that's left this message. And there's been quite a few leave the message. None of them think that they're going to hell. Not one of them. All of them think they're still saved. Still love Jesus. Oh yeah, I pray and God answers my prayers. And yeah, they're religious. They're Christians. In what they believe. But then you, the, the further it goes, the more they disbelieve. As we found that out. I'll finish reading that. Be, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And you are the children of the light. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? What agreement has the temples of God have with an infidel? Oh, we have such fellowship and goodness. You know, it's just my side hell hobby. I just like to do this. Where is your love for Christ? And Paul went on. He says, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. You're God's people. You're his temple. Wherefore come out. From among them. Don't be yoked. Come out from among them. And be ye separate. Saith the Lord. And touch not. The unclean thing. And I will receive you. But if you hold to the unclean thing. God will not receive you. And in the end. He will destroy you. Jesus brought it out this way concerning a rock, the word of God. He said, a rock, you want to you wanna keep the word. Because there's two choices. Either you can obey the word and the... And you fall on the rock. And you fall on the rock and you are broken. Christ. You fall on that rock. And you're saved. But that same rock. If you don't fall on it and are broken in your will. That same rock Christ will fall on you. And destroy you. Crush you. 
and you are no more? See, God loves the bodies that you're in. He loves your body. When he died on the cross, he bought your body. He owns you. For you are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you. And will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord God Almighty. Having the promises, dearly beloved... Paul's writing to believers at Corinth. Having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. Cleanse ourselves. Cleanse ourselves. It's a choice. There's a way to be clean. Cleanse ourselves of the flesh and all, cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God these things are important they're important to God or he wouldn't have his prophet Paul say it they're all important it's another link in the chain but if we love God we love every word in in its fullness And I think I will continue on and just finish this with this scripture. I'll read it real fast. John 10, 27 through 30. My sheep hear my voice, his word. And I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them unto me is greater than all. And no man can pluck them out of my father's hand. There's a certain number going to be saved. They're the ones that should have come before Adam and Eve fell. Jesus didn't die to save everybody. He died to save those that were lost. The ones that are his sons and are his daughters. So he came to seek and to save that which was lost. The unbelievers are are not ones that are lost. They're not God's kids. All that the Father's given me, certain ones, they all will come to me, and no one can take them out of my Father's hand, nor my hand. I and my Father are one, he said. Your bodies are important. Your physical body is important to God. So important. So much could be said there. So finally, I'm going to read. Before God created the angels, he had an image of you. I I am going to conclude with that. Before he created angels, he had an image of you. And there you were. In his image. And his image of you is the same today. As it was before he created angels. And that image he 
The image that God has of you before he created angels is the same image of you that he has in his mind right now. It's not exactly the same as you are tonight. But he has an image of you. And that image of you is coming into that position. Jude 1 6 says that one third of the holy angels, and I quote now, kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. And that is why they don't get a saving restoration. Do you ever wonder that? Maybe the, maybe Satan will get saved, or maybe the demons will get saved. Well, they won't. And the reason is because they left their first estate. They left that habitation a third of the holy angels and their demons, and they all go to the lake of fire. They don't get a chance again. But you and I, we've never come to that image that God had in his mind before Adam and Eve. So you are in a process as you're coming up, you are in a process. You have not yet come to your first estate that was in his mind. You understand, you were born in sin. That was not the angel's first estate. Their first estate was perfect at the beginning. For the image of God of you that God show that God still has of you is in his mind. Because of Adam's fall, fallen state, you are now in the process of becoming God's image of you. You were born with a sinful nature because Adam fell, and so you had a sinful nature. And that needed to be changed in you by new birth. And that could only come to pass by Jesus Christ being that new life in you rather than the old one lying and cheating and and all of that that came like a bad nature and living in sin. So when you're born again, that's the first step. You're born again being and filled then with the Holy Spirit. And then by eating every word of God, you are growing up into him, as it says in the epistles, by never doubting the word. It just continues to perfect you and perfect you. And then you're staying in that image. God's looking at your progress. Are you willing to stand still long enough? Brother Branham seen that in a vision to dress the bride. If I can get her to stand still long enough, I can dress her. 
You then become the manifested son or daughter of God. You then are raptured and with a glorified body like our Lord's. But in that process, that's why when through, re, through your repentance and through your new birth and through receiving the Holy Spirit, and then you ask God to forgive you, take away your sins, which he took it on Calvary. If you believe that, we say the token, the token, the token. The token is the Holy Ghost. In you, the prophet said. You know about the Holy Ghost, but if the Holy Ghost isn't in you, then you are not sealed until the day of redemption. It must be more than an anointing and a quickening. It's got to be a life that lives out in you. You are his temple. He has no other temple on earth to abide in and dwell in except your body. Serve him with love and dedication all the days of your life with your full mind with your strength, with your soul, and everything that's within you. Serve it God. He's first. And he's last. Don't go a ways with him until you're tempted too much to take an angle off. Stay with Jesus. He'll always lead you correctly. So this habitation, they left that. And they were cast out. And their end will be the lake of fire. But you see, you didn't fall in the Garden of Eden. You only did by representation through Adam's sin and when he fell. And then as it comes up through, it's all been a process. All of that for 4,000 years until Jesus died on the cross. Now we look back to that finished work on the cross and it's our faith that believes in that shed blood was for me. He shed that blood for me. The physical blood isn't there anymore. We sing many songs about the blood, and they're true. But what it is, it's a representation, the blood, 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 a representation that the Holy Spirit that was in Jesus Christ, that came from that blood cell, came back on the day of Pentecost and filled the believers, and we confess Christ. We look at the cross and we confess that Jesus Christ took my sin. That I was born in with the Adamic nature. And that condemned me. But now he bore that sin. And he gave me the Holy Spirit. He gave me a seal in my life. That is for me. It's for my body. Your body is important. Do not defile your bodies. The ultimate defilement is cremation. Started in India. So much could be said there. Someone may throw you to the lions and you get eaten. And someone may take you because of your faith and throw you into a fire. And you may burn. But you make the choice about your body. If it's to be cremated. There's so much that could be said there. There's healing in the atonement for your body. We take communion into our bodies. God created our bodies. Our bodies are buried. There's no record in the, in the whole Bible of cremation. We're put in the ground. And Jesus come forth. 
And that speaks of the resurrection of every buried saint of his. Blessed in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his saints. They were saints. And they died. Just stay true to God's word. Follow it through. It's so easy to get off in this. Yeah, they can pierce my ears. Yes. God condemns that. Having respect and believing every word of God. And telling others that there's salvation. There's healing. There's deliverance. They can come. The only record of cremation in the Bible, and it's not, is when the Palestinians took the, the body of Saul and severed his head and hung it up in, in their idol God's temple. And as soon as David heard about that, his men went and retrieved the body. And yes, they burned it, the rotten flesh. And they buried his bones. It had been unburied and was there in the temple of their false gods. And so they burnt the flesh, but no bones. The bones were all buried, as was every believer in the Bible. And so much could be said there, but you can't say it all in one service. If the musicians would come. Appreciate that. Can you? Or is there somebody that uh, plays the organ here? Ah, thank you, brothers. The Lord is so good, isn't He? He loves us with a passion, with a fervor. And he's a jealous God. He will not share it with anyone else. He has a zeal to keep you. He provided for you. 2,000 years ago, he died to take away our Adamic sin. And then on the day of Pentecost, he came back again. And he's here to fill us with himself. That when we live, we will honor him. In the way we live, where we go, what we do, and people are watching. I like that song. I don't want to sing it now. But if my father don't go, my mother don't go, my sister don't go, my brother don't go, I'll go in and see the king. You know that song. We've heard it. Esther says, I've got something to do. I got to take my stand. I got to take my stand, Esther said, a Jewish girl. And she did. She was married to the king. And you know the story of Esther. But at that moment, she said, I have to go. I have to take a stand for my Jewish people. And you come to decisions like that. There's times in your life and days in your life when, I'm going to put it this way, not only Satan sets you up, but the Lord allows it. To where you're in employment, in your educational system, 
in your housing, whatever it is, you're at a, uh-oh, I got to make a decision. And it's at, it's at those decision points, are you going to compromise what Christ wants for you? He's made it clear. He couldn't make it any clearer. Hundreds of thousands of prophecies by William Branham. How could I say that? Every discernment was a prophecy. The Holy Ghost in William Branham and says, your name is such and such. You have this and the one next to you is this and the one next to you is this. And down, 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 each one. Correct. Is that right? Raise your hand. They raise their hand. Yes. It's true. It's true. Those are all prophecies. Only God knows the secrets of hearts. And he speaks through his servant, William Branham, and says, such and such. And that was questioned another time, and he said, now just change your thought. And he tells him what it is. And dozens of times, as I think it was Brother Tom just recently, was on the platform in, in his earlier sermon. And given an illustration, reading one of those uh, discernment times, and there was like 20 or more prophecies because the prophet said what it was where it was when it was and so forth that's a prophecy until that person says yes that's right that's right it's a prophecy you can call it discernment but it's foretelling it foretelling it the woman just didn't say well I got this wrong with me and that wrong with me and brother Bram says well I'll pray for you then no hundreds of thousands prophecies fulfilled in our day that should generate and create a a faith and a hunger for Jesus Christ not to run away and not to just debate it and question it and then the biggest days for your life is Monday and Tuesday yeah you're back on the job and this that and the other and you're facing it what are you going to do with it then are you going to stand for Jesus I'll stand for here. I'm going to stand for him and let the world go by. Amen. Let's just stand together. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray. And I want each of you to pray silently with me. Just think about it. I know you do anyway. The things that's been said. It's My message has been mostly a reminder to you. Reminding you of what you already knew. You knew it. So ponder on this in your heart. And then make that move to him in your heart. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your love and mercy to us. I'm standing before a congregation that for the past 50 years, I would say, or more, 40 years, 30 years ago, but a lifetime for each of these that are here, that you've dealt with them, you've talked to them, you've been with them a long life's journey, and Holy Spirit You have come tonight hovering over and around and in and through these people. 
These are blood-washed sons and daughters of yours that love you and want mercy for any unconfessed sin. And I pray, Lord, you'll move by your Holy Spirit, quickening your word to each life. For I do not know the private matters of each life here. But you do. And that's why we pray, preach, is that others that you have a relationship with, all of these people will go your way as you speak to their hearts. I pray, Heavenly Father, you will move upon them. If there be any sick here, they would be healed. If there's any unconfessed sin, they would repent of it. If there's any that's thoroughly repented and they want to be refilled with your spirit, I pray you refill them right now while the word's being preached and they're confessing in their heart, making a turnaround. I pray that you will bless them in this manner. That's the blessing that we want. Your word, your approval, that you will say, well done, and receive us home. I pray, Heavenly Father, not only for these, but for those that are listening by the streaming, those in all parts of the world, in Canada and other places. Lord, we know your word is true. We know it's right. And we know the end is near. And the great jubilee we are waiting for, you're soon appearing and coming. And the resurrection and rapture will take place. Lord, we want to be in that number. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. I pray also, Lord, that you bless the ministries, the ministers that minister to our soul here and in Cloverdale. Bless them, Lord, in Jesus Christ's name. And the future ministries from this camp and from Cloverdale Auditorium. We commit it all to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. One of them. Oh, he's playing one of them. So we're all one of them. One of them. One of them.
made up. We sing that later. Our minds got to be made up. We're going all the way with Jesus. I'm young. I'm only 79. I'm going all the way with Jesus. I started when I was five and I received this message when I was 27 and I haven't disagreed with it, doubted it, questioned it, not even a speck since that day in 1969 hallelujah this message is from God it keeps it satisfies let's sing that one it say he saves and keeps and satisfies this wonderful friend of mine someday I'll see him face to face he's back to school now trying to get the key What's the name of the song I told you? Oh, you do? He saves, he keeps. He satisfies this wonderful friend of mine. Someday I'll meet him in the sky. This wonderful friend of mine. It doesn't have a key there, so you get one. He says, which one do we have? He says, I'm not singing that. Well, we're going to sing it again. He says, he keeps, he satisfies this wonderful friend of mine. Someday I'll meet him in the sky, this wonderful friend of mine. He says, he keeps, he satisfies this wonderful friend of mine. Someday I'll meet him in the sky, this wonderful friend of mine. Won't it be wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear. Won't it be wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear. Joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Won't it be wonderful there? Let's raise it a little bit. Be wonderful there. Joyously singing with heart bells are ringing. Won't it be wonderful? 
singing, won't it be wonderful? I got a father over yonder. 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 On the other shore. And some good day I'll go and meet him. Some dead day. Some glad day I'll go and meet him on the other shore. And won't that be a happy meeting? Won't that be a happy meeting? Won't that be a happy meeting on the other shore? Do you have another song we could say? One that. You know. <laughs> Praise God. Let's sing that song, I Love Him. I love Him because He first loved me. That's why we love God. Because He first loved us. He doesn't love us because we loved Him. He loved us before we loved him. He loved us when we were unlovable. When a holy God could not embrace what you were. But he knew that he could clean away all those undesirables from your life. Fill you with his Holy Spirit. That's why we love him. I love him. I
taking my sins away. Love him. Not what he does for us. We want to love him for who he is. He's given us the ultimate prize. Eternal life. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. For upon them... The second death will have no effect. I want to live. pray to him stop talking long enough and wait in his presence so he can talk back to you might take a while waiting on the Lord it might not be in an audible voice but he will speak to you after you've talked to him and if you wait that still small voice will come. It will be according to the word of God. According to this message that 
Jesus spoke through William Brown. And it'll cause your heart to have a glorious jubilee in spite of all the stress and sin of Satan's kingdoms. You are free. And he that the Son is set free is free indeed. We're looking forward with great joy to this rapturing. This is not a fairy tale. Paul, the apostle, said he's coming soon. (laughs) Sure. He's coming soon. 2,000 years later, two days in God's time. But it's went through the full cycle. The full death of the corn of down through the dark ages and the bride coming out. All of them have the Holy Ghost. All that's preceded us in 2,000 years know what we know. And they're going to get glorified bodies before we do. They rise first. Think about it. Another place, Brother Branham says, we won't have to get acquainted. They'll know us and we'll know them. And it won't just be a dead relative that rose. All these Bible characters that we love so much, we're going to know them. They'll know us. It's going to be a great homecoming, friends. Amen. Praise be to God. Bow our heads one more time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of association together. Yes, we were socializing. But much more important than that, you came while we were together in this manner. And you socialized with us. And you lifted up ourselves into a high place by the Holy Spirit into your love. Lord Jesus, this togetherness, together we have met and are in heavenly places. We go to our homes and places of rest. We want you to go with us and abide with us forever, Lord. Bless each person here and on the internet. We pray that you will bless each family. May your love be an ever-burning lamp, burning through us, to a dying world that is just dying for a little bit of love. They don't want perversion and they don't want sinful love, but they want agape love. Help us, Lord, to be your expression to a dying world. In a sense, it's like we're kissing it goodbye. Not physically. But our love goes to them. We testify to them. We witness to them. We share a godly life to them. They see that we are like the Bible. And I pray that you through one of us or all of us. Would touch people's lives. In Jesus Christ's name we commit ourselves to you for this evening. And this coming week. sing that again just as you be seated if you'd like to but you'd be dismissed I want to the way